thyself is dedicated to the exploration of the most rewarding task an individual can ever embark on, the journey to find oneself. Our intention is to investigate the universal principles that have equipped our species to seek the treasure of all treasures, self-knowledge. With your host, Daniel Polinski and Eduardo Manteca, this is the Know Thyself Podcast. Check, check, one, two. Check, check, one, two. Awesome. This is good to go, I think. I think we're good to go, my guy. All right. Welcome to the Know Thyself Podcast. I am Eduardo Manteca. I'm here with Daniel Polinski. Hello. And uh, yeah, super excited to be back and to, you know, continue on with these conversations that Daniel and I were just having before we started recording in regards to last week's podcast. And even listen to last week's podcast, we did an esoteric breakdown of The Wizard of Oz, yes. which was great. Got a lot of feedback, a lot of good feedback. And so with regards to today's episode, what we're going to do is we're really going to talk more about the trivium. So like normally or how we normally do this would be, you know, I'm going to definitely ask Daniel some questions and Daniel will do a great breakdown of, as he always uh, does with the trivium. But we'll also kind of start off by just relating um, the application of the theory that we talked about in The Wizard of Oz right. and then kind of take it from there. So before we do the trivium, let's just kind of like, you know, go back a little bit uh, to a week and, and talk about some of the the characteristics of the movie and, and what we, we define. I know that one of the things that we brought up right away into the podcast last week was um, uh, Frank Baum. And, yes. you know, he studied theology and theology does kind of touch on the trivium. So kind of shows you right there how he probably already was thinking or believing in his, um, in his great book. And uh, yeah, it's just kind of take it from there, I suppose, you know? Yeah, yeah. No, man, you're right. And that's exactly the parameter that he wrote the book on was on the trivium and the importance of the trivium. And we'll kind of get into it. But again, you know, as we kind of reflect on last week and we really think about about Dorothy's journey and and the way that she had to go and how it was a three-part way. And that's really what we're going to kind of talk about is breaking down the expressions of consciousness in the three modes of expression we experience them, which is going to be thought, emotion, and action. Um, and again, the order plays such an important role. And, um, you know, how we utilize each aspect is going to be really important. Right. So again, when we were looking at Dorothy's journey, there's a reason why she met the scarecrow. There's a reason why that after that she met the Tin Man. And then the final reason was going to be the lion, right? right. And just that idea of thought, emotion, and action. And how we're going to kind of look at it today is we're going to kind of look at more of the classical trivium. So we're going to kind of break it down from how this was classically brought up, which would be grammar, which would kind of represent the thought, right. and then logic, which will expand to the motion, and then rhetoric, which is going to be the action. So we're really going to kind of start breaking down because, you know, sometimes when I think um, we mention like thought, emotion, action, you think of it as like a physical body movement. We're really going to kind of really kind of create even get a better understanding of what that action actually entails and i really think that's why they do a great job in classical trivium understanding is because they use the word rhetoric and we get a little better understanding of what that is so we're going to take a look at grammar logic and rhetoric you know we're going to utilize all those resources and throughout the rest of the podcast we're always going to kind of reference again back to back to that star wars episode and back to that wizard of oz episodes because they were just such great allegories that they created 
Absolutely. I know the, the, as it's been said, or as I've read, you know, the three paths that lead to one. And, right. And I really like that as you're talking about the path to consciousness and, and Dorothy. And I even saw people ask about who Toto was, you know, uh, in some of the questions that people have asked regarding the, the episode. And so if we can kind of like put it all together, cause I know that to not really go over the entire movie, but you know, you just brought up something that's great, which is um, the character breakdown. You right. know what I mean? If you didn't catch that from the last episode or if, you know, we went too fast for some reason, uh, man, you did such a good job at breaking each character down in that order that, that you're talking about the trivians going to explain to us about um, in, in the, in regards to thinking, right. It's right. like uh, how to think and not what to think. Right. Uh, which is key. And, uh, but yeah. Yeah. And again, you know, so just to kind of regroup on that, yeah, Toto is going to represent that intuition and that almost human innovation and that creativity, which we're going to see is really going to be also kind of an output of this trivium process. Cool. Okay. And the connecting to that and how you actually connect to that intuition and how you put that intuition through the same scientific process that you put down a physical experience that you're having in the physical world. You know, that's that's the beauty about this. It doesn't matter what realm you're dealing with. Everything goes through this order of this thought, emotion, action. Right. And it's just the process of really how we express consciousness, but it's really the flow of how consciousness is expressed. So when you go with it, the thought, the emotion, and the action, and you put it in that order, you're really going with the flow of the universe, because this is how the universe processes and expresses consciousness. So that's really what we're going to be kind of looking at today is going with the flow, which is something that's been a common topic forever, right? right? So you just reminded me, is that going with the flow in that scene just kind of hit me right there in my imagination as far as when Dorothy, the Scarecrow, the Tin Man, and the Lion are all skipping together. I remember you said that. Yeah. So you're kind of referring to that, right? I mean, it's just going with the flow in that regard. They're all working in unison. Right. Yeah. And you know, that's the, you know, that was such the unique aspect about that is because we've had this conversation so many times when I went back and reflected on the episode, there were some aspects that, you know, we usually talk about when we discuss it. And I think they just get over missed. Um, But yeah, that, that's a really important aspect is when they're in that flow state when they're really in that connection of that higher self and they're really flowing and they're really making it that thought, emotion, action, you're right. They're skipping together and they're walking in unison, right? And that's going to be really important because in the beginning, they're all tripping over each other. One's walking ahead of the other. And that's going to be one of the aspects we really want to study is because the order of this is just as important as the components, you know, and we're going to see how like social engineers and people that are going to kind of try to mess you up are going to put these in different orders. And so the order plays just as important as the, the fundamental basics of this, of this expression of consciousness. Yeah. So, well, that's cool, man. Well, let's, um, let's break it down. I mean, I know we got it, the history and I really, I'm curious to hear about the history because basically what I've learned so far you know, just going back to Socrates, but I know you're talking about how it goes even further than that. And we still don't even really know where we would have learned this sort of path to uh, higher thinking. Right. Um, so let's do that. And then we'll, we'll sort of break down the, those three paths that lead to one. Okay. And then, and even that mysterious, not mysterious fourth one, but I like how the fourth one was introduced um, from the trivium that's added to that. So uh, take it away, man. So yeah, so absolutely. So um, yeah, you again, you, you know, we do give a lot of people are going to claim this um, when we talk about ancient civilization. So ancient Greece is going to complain, try right. to claim this. You know, Babylon's going to claim this. And really, we we really don't know. What we do know is it's it's older than we probably can ever imagine. Hmm. So this is 
as consciousness kind of has started to expand, that's when we're going to actually see the dawn of human civilization expand. Right. So it's almost like what came first, the chicken or the egg? Well, probably in this aspect, if this was it, like, this is what kind of came first. So, you know, this is what kind of helped create civilizations and create this whole human culture. Mm-hmm. And it was such an important aspect of how we processed information, how we learned information, and really how we were able to teach ourselves information. So it's a, it's it's fundamental in the fabric of human history. It's such an important subject. And it, that's why it's so crazy that most people, this is a new subject when they hear about the trivium, because right. up to the beginning of the 19th century, this was the only way to educate somebody. There was not a, there was not a controversy. There was, you know, we have are so polarized today on like how you educate child children and both camps are almost like completely wrong on how you do it. And then the trivium is just sitting in the corner, like, Oh no, this is how you do it. Like right. it, there's no debate. This is, this is the process of how consciousness expresses itself. And this is how the process of you being able to gather raw data, put it through a processing, and then be able to output that information. And we're going to kind of take it, we're going to take it step by step, and we're really going to try to break this down from an applicable stance. So one thing we've done in these last couple episodes, which is great because we love talking about it, we love talking about that esoteric perennial philosophy and that very romantic aspect of the occultism as like how we see these principles express themselves in different forms of art and movies and music, you know, like we love doing that. It's, it's beautiful right it's a great thing right but what we're really going to be looking at today is like how do we actually make this applicable because that was one of the things we we uh, brought up when we first started this podcast was like how do i make this information applicable so one of the things we had a lot of individuals ask about was you know how do i stop living in the effect and start creating causes you know how do i see the roots of problems and the true causality of situations how do i align myself to truth and these are the great questions that you guys are asking so today is just going to be our first step to try to break down the application of this law okay so again this comes down from like pre-dawn it goes back to before civilization right. and this was the teaching of the ancient mystery schools. So this is what you were taught when you became enlightened. And this is part of that process. It's part of the, it's, it's the roadmap to truth. Right. It's that three-way road. And that's kind of what we're, that's what we're kind of talking about. And it's really going to be, this is, you know, it's again, this trivium is just a model for us to understand our threefold consciousness. So it's expression and we're expressive beings. So thought, emotion, and action is how we express consciousness. And one thing we really want to be aware of, if we do not express, if we don't express, we become depressed. So one of those things we really have to realize is we are expressive beings. We need to express consciousness because consciousness is that ego energy that's just shining through us. And you can't, you don't want to dim your light when you dim your light. That is what happens when you get depression and you lose that internal glow and you lose that internal fire to continue to face the problems we're faced, you know, to overcome challenges. You become lethargic, right? So this this threefold consciousness and the in the need for human consciousness to express. And like we see consciousness expressing itself in every aspect of the life, right? Yeah. That's the that's the the you know, the caterpillar going to the cocoon for the, that's the plant reaching towards the sunlight, right? We always see consciousness as trying to express itself and to manifest itself. So again, when we align ourselves with that natural law and go with the flow and we don't fight the consciousness expansion and we actually breathe into that consciousness expansion and really understand it and then utilize that, that true information we get from it and send that back out into the world that's really what we're talking about. And that's really what this whole like Dorothy story is all about. And that's 
where our role is. So this is really what this is going to be about today is what did Dorothy do after she woke up and she was back in the ordinary world? Like, how was her life differently? And her life's going to be different because now she knows the trivium and she went through this experience of exactly. her thoughts, her emotions, and her actions, right? Learning how how to think and not what to think, which I know we'll touch on even more so towards the end, but you yeah. know, it's exciting to be able to finally give people an insight for those inquiring about, you know, okay, if I feel this way, then what is it that I need to do? And one of the things to do, um, and I know I've seen this before, but it's, you know, relearning how to, how to think. Yeah. And, like, and this is a good way to kind of, let's go back on the way things yeah. were and how they were thinking, you know, before someone else told you how to be depressed. Oh yeah. Or you, you know, are depressed. Or you are depressed. Yeah, they absolutely. just tell you about it and, and you're not really kind of taking the proper path to that expression. Right. You know what I mean? You're wanting to express, but they told you what to be yeah. expressive about. Right. Let me tell you, me tell you about you. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. The, that famous little line there that is just so destructive. And that's one of the things we're going to kind of talk about too, is, you know, how this process is also a filtration system. Right. We're going to kind of talk about how you filter out information in these steps so it's really going to be um, how we really want to, you know, really utilize that tool of the mind and how we kind of ask, um, almost like turn that aspect truly online. So again, this is a great, um, a great information for all of the, 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 the parents that reach out to us when they ask about how, what, what kind of esoteric and occult subjects are good for my kids. It's, this is it. This is the root of the subject. And then from there, your kid's going to be their own understander and alignment to truth so they'll be able to start teaching themselves and that's what's so important about this and we'll kind of we'll kind of get into um the aspect of why we don't get it spoken um, taught to us anymore i'm kind of talk about the historical significance of that but really again this trivium is just going to be all about you know how we un- obtain an understanding of who we truly are so this is the ancient method for how to learn and how to think This is a process for identifying the causal factors in our life, whether they are internal or external, and the roadmap to solve the problems or create solutions. So again, this is going to be a process to really identify causal factors. Um, So this is how we really, you know, we always were speaking about natural law. This is really how you almost learn to observe, understand, and act in accordance to natural law. Right. Right. So this is this is the trinity of the individual. This is the trinity. This is what you talk about when you're in um, any kind of Catholic or Christian setting. When right. they speak about the trivium, I mean, when they speak about the trinity, they're really talking about the, the three expressions of human consciousness, that thought, that emotion, and that action. And, um, you know, and really, again, how we're really going to use it is just how we can use it to observe, understand, and again, act in accordance with those natural laws, with those laws that have been put in by the creator that are immutable, and that we either align ourselves to um, and feel pleasure and growth, or we, you know, kind of go off the path and feel pain. Because remember, pain and pleasure, pain and pleasure when applied by nature, becomes our greatest teacher. Right. Right. And so what we try to do with the trivium is you just try to kind of be almost proactive on maybe trying to avoid some pain that you can go through and avoid through analytical diagnosis rather than actually having to go through that experience. You know, the physical experience of having to be like, oh, that was wrong. Like maybe if you can actually think and feel on it, you can avoid that action and then you don't actually have to feel that physical pain. So again, when we talk about how do we, you know, start living better lives and really start creating the world we want to, it's going to be kind of happen in this aspect. So, you know, man, Manly P. Hall has a great 
quote. It says, if a man corrects himself, it is not necessary for nature to correct him. So we, this is how, when we talk about our role as conscious individuals is help to expand the evolution of consciousness. Right. Well, we do that by not having consciousness to have to pay attention to us and have to focus on us to fix all of our own internal problems. We, by solving our own internal problems, we start now taking part in that wave of consciousness because consciousness doesn't have to, we, we've made it up the training, we've climbed up the ladder that we're now, you know, collapsing the waves of universal consciousness exactly. rather than collapsing the waves of these lessons that we keep having to come back to because we're not observing and we're not, you know, getting to those causal factors. Right. So, um, so yeah, it's, um, again, you know, we, and we experience self-inflicted suffering when we don't act in a, in accordance and alignment with natural law. And so this is what the trivium is really going to kind of give us is it's, it's almost this pathway to truth. So this is how we take our subjective perspectives and align them with the objective truth of the universe. So, Again, it's all about that alignment. This is how we how we learn or know anything. So this is how we can determine the quality of information. It's just such an important aspect. So, you know, how we eliminate falsehoods and, and avoid taking in mental poison um, and avoid taking in these poisonous ideologies and these poison thoughts that are just um, paraded onto us through our 24-7 news agencies and our television and media, right? All the poison. So, you know, how do we not take in that mental food because if we take in that junk, we're going to get junk out, right? right like garbage in, garbage out. Yeah. Garbage in, garbage out, yeah. right? So yeah, so when the trivium's properly applied, um, we really uncover the true reason and way of to solve a problem or a situation. Um, and that's one of the things that's going to be so important, and we've spoke about this so often, is to that second step is really where we're going to get the knowing and the understanding of why. And that allows the individual to take proper action um, and re- and release the pain and improve the quality of life when we know why why am I feeling this internal pain right you know and that's that's going to be such a huge aspect so again really just utilizing that whole aspect of um, you know proper consciousness expression and understanding how we work and that there's a complete pattern to this and again pattern recognition is always making itself kind of available but the um, so you, you did a great job when you were talking about how it's the three-way path, the trivium, right? And that comes from, it's a Latin word, the trivium. So we have tres or tria, which means three. Um, and then via, um, for the second part of it, is going to be like way, path, or road. Mm-hmm. So this is, the, this is really describe a method or to start almost like the method of understanding and aligning yourself with truth, or even like the way as how you start at one location and you travel to a destination and the destination would be that higher consciousness, that higher self. So this is the way to the higher self. This is kind of the direction that we kind of want to collapse those waves to. Um, And it's really, it's a three paths of truth. Um, It's the Trinity of human expression and um, you know, how human consciousness expression in alignment with one's higher self is the foundation of mental and spiritual well-being. Which Absolutely. is so important, right? Well, the um, finding a way, I think that we all want, but finding a way to live up to your full potential, yeah. there's a path to that. And there, and I, I know I've seen it with you as a friend, and I, you know, I've, I hope to see say that you've seen it with with myself and, and my path and my journey. But you find people like this all the time who have either 
um, I wouldn't say been indoctrinated, no, that's the right word, but I've learned like how to do this, you know, whether yeah. it's morally speaking, you know, like if, if your moral truth aligns with everything that you do as your output or like what ends up being what you put out, then the potential um, that you that you're using or the expression of your potential will literally shine right out of you. And you'll see that with people. I mean, you even saw this and I can't wait for you to talk about it in the past, but you even saw it just before the 19th century. Even if you were a Catholic, you know, it's like if you were um, financially stable enough to have a family or well-to-do family that showed you all three ways of, of being and thinking um, or learning how to think you saw the, the success that came after within that family because they had such uh, influence, you know, speaking of as far as like their moral um, compass, you know, and it just doesn't stop there. You know what I mean? It's not just like, okay, just believe this one religion and therefore everything else will come. It's it's the expression of all three yeah. uh, at once. But um, but yeah, so sorry, go on. No, I think that's great, man. I love I love how you kind of just brought that up because, because you're so true. And you know what? Maybe this brings up a good point of when did we stop learning this? Because right. again, this was this was something that we learned for such a long time. This was the framework of education, and this is actually um, this is actually how a schoolhouse would work. So you read back in history, and they talk about how there was one room schoolhouses. And so how this breaks up is when we look at the trivium, you have that thought, emotion, and action. So mm-hmm. how it's broken up in the classical trivium is you have grammar, logic, and rhetoric. Right. So and really how this breaks down in. Um, education is the grammar is really what we would call elementary school in the West. Some places actually call it grammar school, like on the East coast. And I believe like um, some places in Europe call it grammar school. And then that logic is those middle grades, which is what we call middle school. And then that rhetoric is what you would be called high school. And that's kind of the highest knowledge. So again, we have, it's, it's buried in even how we're set up in our systems. Mm -hmm. So this was the one room schoolhouse and it really did. It would make conscious individuals who didn't weren't told what to think, but really they knew how to think. And so this was how we did education and this was the process of education. So where this all had a turn, and this is again, when you kind of start studying history, there's always going to be cause and effect. And we're going to see that not only internally with ourselves, but we're also going to see it on like global um, how when global waves collapse, how there's cause and effect. So right. where the sentiment happened of it not being taught to us was actually during the Napoleonic Wars of Europe. So what happened was Napoleon was just kind of plowing through Europe, right? This was before he tried to invade Russia, which is just like the worst mistake because he failed because of Russians winter and he was he failed. But before that, he's he's making his way through most of these countries. And so when he he um, he approaches Prussia, and so Prussia is. Germany before unification. So Prussia is Germany, but it's broken up into about 30 different kingdoms and 30 different princesses. Okay. So they kind of had this like coalition of princes, um, but they were all kind of broken up into 30 different kingdoms. And that's kind of what we see as Germany today. So what they unified when Napoleon was coming and when they were going to set up their defenses and Napoleon was coming through, none of their soldiers or majority of their soldiers we're not fighting. As soon as they saw Napoleon's forces, they dropped their guns and kind of walked to Napoleon's side. And now, especially Germany and Prussia, this is this is not a country that is um, shies away from military expansion. They they intuitively understand discipline and right. aspects like that. They're mil- from that military wise. Um, a brilliant country, right? They, they're they very good at fighting war. So it's not like this was like they didn't want to fight because these are individuals that we've seen through history will rise up to that call for the fight. Um, 
those soldiers knew that they had more natural rights that were promised by Napoleon. They knew that Napoleon was going to give them more rights than the Prussian princes that they were under. So as he was approaching, they just dropped their weapons and they went and joined Napoleon's side. So they, Napoleon kind of blows through Prussia, which everybody thought was going to give a lot more of a, you know, a defense and kind of a little bit more of a fight to Napoleon. Um, and it wasn't until after his defeat in Russia from the Russian winters and he's making his way back and these Prussian princes are coming back into their royalty and their kingdoms when they realize and they kind of sit down together and they're like, what the hell was that all about? Like our men didn't even fight for us. And they came up to the conclusion was like, well, our men didn't fight for us because they were too smart. Right. They because were well they, educated. They were well educated. And why were they well educated? Is because they all knew the trivium, because the trivium was the basis of the education process. Wow. So what Prussia's going to do is they're going to change it from trivium based education um, and understand that classical modality of how consciousness expresses, and they're going to create a form of education called outcome based education. And this is the idea of teaching to a test. So they're going to put this into motion very quickly and they're going to start seeing success that now they're going to be able to really provide what to think rather than how to think. Okay. And we were so impressed by it in America. One of our um, educational people called forefathers, but I'm kind of disgusted by this individual, went to Prussia, just saw the 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 results, just saw the scores about how they were able to really divert consciousness and didn't even see its classroom application, didn't see anything, came back to America and changed the education policy overnight. Um, and it's so funny because when you study education and you go through the education process, you like pray at the feet of this man. His name is Horseman. And I'm always like, whoa, whoa, Horseman, whoa, nay, right? <laughs> uh, but it's it's horse like H-O-A-R-C-E. That's funny. You're the first one. I always say that joke and people are always like, okay, that was terrible. And I'm like, no, it's so funny. But he's a Horseman. Um, but just... A terrible individual, because what happened was, that's going to shift us to this outcome-based education, which is what we're stuck in today. Right, right. You know, in education, it's always about teaching to a test and getting the new textbook that's aligned to this test. And what's the new test that we're taking this week? And, you know, it's just this whole runaround. And again, you're not teaching children how to think critically or how to actually process their emotions and actually how to put the knowledge that they obtain into... Um, proper application right. it's more just teaching them the skills or teaching them what to think and the skills that you deem necessary so that's going to pretty much have this expansive policy and now there is still institutions that teach the classical model of education right um and this is what you would call a liberal arts arts degree so there's still liberal arts schools um and they're going to teach um the trivium with on top of which is the other four steps of the trivium or the the, the thing you work in conjunction with the trivium, and that's the quadrivium, and that's going to be the seven-step process. Right. And we'll kind of get into what that is, but for the most part, what we really want to know is that this event in history shifted everything, and that's what's really going to break down. We can really almost start seeing the breakdown of our, our society culturally, our moral code, our ethical code is going to start to diminish as soon as we lose that ability of individuals even being able to think critically and think for themselves and really even believe in the idea of truth. Because again, truth is not something we speak about in education. You know, we don't speak about morally justness. Like we don't speak about any of those aspects. You know, we speak about, um, you know, it's just, it's this whole dog eat dog 
five cent construct is all you can perceive kind right. of experience, you know. So there's no there's no higher order thinking, and that's really what's going to um, it's kind of stunted us. And really, when we kind of get into this process later, we're going to talk about how not learning this trivium in these like formative years. Um, has dire processes on the consciousness and the expression of the individual. Yeah. Huge. I can just say, um, uh, just from experience, but I mean, even if you look into, um, you know, uh, Catholicism or you look to any, or any organization within a religion. So like even like Jewish mysticism, like the upper hand they have on most people who are not involved in something that's illuminating at least their path you can see that stunt pretty immediately. I mean, I've even talked about this with people who just went to Catholic school. And again, this has nothing to do with, oh, I went to private school, you went to public school, but in a way what it does is it's a it's a like watered down version of that still like indifference of thinking because you'll tell people, people will tell you, they're like, oh, I went to this institution when I was a kid. This is where I was raised in. And you'll know that that guy already holds himself a little higher up. He has a little bit more of a well-rounded idea of the world versus someone who didn't get any of that or a lack of any kind of moral direction in any kind of way. And again, you can get that from your parents. You don't have to be in a school or within a religion to have that moral direction. But just not having that from the very get-go in your formative years already has like dire effects by the time you're in that middle school ages you're talking about. So even if you try to teach it to someone, most people at that point start to reject because they're like, well, it's not what I was taught from a young age. Therefore, like, why should I really follow this this idea? But um, but I know as we get older, we realize like, oh, you know, I wish I would have had a more well-rounded experience in life. And it starts with, like, and you're saying the, those formative years having that sort of like presentation of, hey, this is this is what's really going on. This is how you should really think about it mm-hmm. uh, in a more um, broad sense rather than just like letting people believe like, oh, it's easy. You know what I mean? Like one thing I learned from the difference between, this is again, my experience only, but going from uh, private Catholic school to a public school, I was in eighth grade. There was already a huge, just a huge difference between like how I was raised versus like some of my friends. And again, it was not one was better than the other. I mean, I got terrible grades in school, so I can't say like, oh, you know, but one thing I did have on a most people was uh, sort of a moral direction. And that also came from my parents and traditions. And, you know, I was, uh, you know, I'm from a Hispanic family, so it just kind of goes hand in hand, but like I'm saying, like this, those are very minimal things of the things we could be learning even more so of that will make us a better person. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah. Anyways, it's very apparent even into today if you meet people who are, you know, educated in that way. First, there's something already something different about the way they approach the world. Even someone who's just bilingual or trilingual or whatever, they came from a different like multicultural. You'll already see that. Oh, your your pathways to thinking are already something I've never seen before right. experience. And, and there's a reason for that. Right. So, right. Yeah, no, absolutely, man. I, I think that's, that's such an important aspect to kind of look at. And, you know, when we really kind of, and when you meet those individuals, even if you don't agree with what they're saying or anything, even how they are able to carry an argument, they actually know how to formulate an argument. You know, that's something we don't understand. We don't really understand how to even formulate arguments. We don't understand logical fallacies and all these important aspects and not knowing this th- again this manipulation is just piled and piled on oh, you yeah, know? Man. so it's uh it is one of those processes that it's just so important to kind of understand so again this this trivium is really just it's going to be this method to gather raw factual data into a coherent body of knowledge 
and then to gain understanding of that body of knowledge by systematically eliminating all the stated contradictions and then finally express and utilize the valid knowledge and understanding um, in the objective real world. Okay, so again, it's this taking in information, this filtering, this processing, this organizing, this um, creating concepts, and then being able to put that into the output. And that's really what we're going to kind of look at. And again, so it's broken down into these, really these three sections, this grammar logic and rhetoric. Again, remember grammar is the uh, scarecrow. Logic is the tin man. Rhetoric is going to be the lion, right? Right. So grammar is always going to answer those questions of the who, what, where, and when of the subject. So these are just the basic gathering of information, right? right? You know, just gathering information, just getting all the information you possibly can from a wide array of sources. Okay. This is not the aspect of filtering out at this moment this is you want to gather as much information as possible right. and that's again something we really want to do in even our spiritual community grabbing from multiple different you know multiple different mystery schools multiple different teachers multiple multiple different aspects because that's what's going to give you the biggest set of raw data to be able to go through and process right, right. so that grammar is all going to be about answering that question of the who what where and when the logic is going to be give us that real big answer of the answer of why so why is this happening why do i feel this way why you know why is this you know the world that i look out on um, broken. Why are we in so much fear? You know, this is right. really where you're going to do that process. And then that rhetoric is going, that rhetoric is going to provide the how of the subject. So how do we actually transcend this problem? How do we kind of overcome this state? So um, again, this is this that three-way path to the unfoldment of the self. And this is how you become a creator. You know, this is, you are the music maker and this is this is your creation. Um, and this is really how we kind of get into that aspect. So, you know, one aspect that, that's going to be really important about this trivium is it it really brings us into that present moment so we can understand, you know, know what's going on around us and know what's going on, you know, within us. And it's even that study of the past and taking the information of memory, memory organizing and utilizing it correctly. Okay. This is how you become a creator. This is how, you know, again, perception is not reality, but it can come into harmony with reality with this three-way path, with this, this path to truth. And it's once we remove the, the false information and all the, the kind of that mental poison, we really start to claim this ladder to the higher the self. So we really start climbing this ladder to the higher self or climbing the ladder to God. And it's really going to be the, um, be the aspect of, you know, how do we obtain information and how do we utilize that information to the bettering of ourselves? And, you know, so it comes down to that proper information input, proper information processing, and then again, proper information output. And it's that input and the processing um, is really where, especially that input, that input is where our five senses come into this aspect. Mm. Cause our five senses are really what's going to be taking in this information. You have between the sights, feel, touch, right? That's where we're going to be taking in all that information. And then it goes through that internal process of that feeling where we go through the processing aspect. And then it, that output, that output is really what kind of defines of who we really are. So this input, this input of information and how we process information, that's really going to kind of shape our worldview and how we perceive our world. So again, if we're taking in fearful ever information and we're processing it through fear, 
we're going to have a word, worldview of fear. We're going to have a worldview of hate. We're going to have a worldview that I can't trust my neighbor, right? Because this is the information I'm taking in and I'm processing it through the lens of fear. And so if your input and your processing is your worldview, your output is what defines who you really are. Right. You know, so this is where you will know, this is that whole saying, you will know them by their actions, right? You don't know somebody by their thoughts and their emotions. You know somebody by their actions. And this is really important because output, this output aspect that we're talking about, this is this is our behavior. This is the way we are. This is our being in this world. You know, this is this is how we treat others. Our our character greatly depends on our, our character depends greatly on our ability to input information and process that information correctly. Absolutely. You know, and that's what's actually going to create the character and create the person we want to be. Um, you know, and what we really kind of start realizing when we look at these five senses and what we're bringing in, you know, we're bringing in information and we're bringing in energy. And information is energy, you know, because everything is made up of energy. And, you know, even when you... Think about the word information. So information. So remember when we looked at the word individual and dividare was divided, mm-hmm. and then we put in on front of it, so it made it not. So individual means somebody that's not divided. They're not divided between the two hemispheres of their brain. So if we really start breaking down information into that phonetic understanding, how we've been kind of breaking words down, you have in, you have form, and you have Asian. So we have in, which mm-hmm. is going to be not. And then we have form, which we know what form is. And then Asian, which is a result or a product. So information is literally breaks down to not a formed product. This is potential. This is that this is that life force we've been talking about. This is that thought energy. This is the the universal energy. This is that prana we were talking about in that episode of Star Wars when we went right. so deep into the force. This is the force. This is that information. This is how you form and create the product that you need to make. And it's again, it's that input of this information, the processing, and this output. So right. again, we are what we think. And so we need to gain control of this aspect so we're able to direct the information. So how we take in and process information has a direct effect on the reality that we form. Yeah, right? that's why the they say, you know, knowledge has power and, and you know, right. learning about right. about how to, to use that once you know that information. Yeah, yeah. No, that's it, man. That's it. And so, so we'll kind of take a look at... Um, you know, we're going to kind of break down the three steps now. So we're, again, I was kind of looking at the overarching theme and kind of really seeing why we do that. But let's take a more closer look at what grammar is, what that thought motion is, what that scarecrow was. Again, in the esoteric tradition, this first step is called knowledge. And we're going to also use the term input. Okay. And so one great way, and again, um, we give so much thanks to this researcher because he's so, so much inspired this podcast and is really kind of the root foundation of that we kind of help build off of is uh, Mark Passio. And Mark Passio, when he was explaining the trivium, because, because again, the trivium can also get very romantic and it's hard to, you can almost get lost in the theory of right. it. And again, it's I've all about application. That. Right, right. You know, and you can speak beauty about it, right? There's some, cause it is, it's, it's the most beautiful thing. It's how we obtain knowledge and correct knowledge. But one way that he explained it that really, really helped with me was um, explaining it in re- in regards to a computer. Okay, so he really looked at the brain um, 
the human brain and human consciousness could almost be seen like a biological computer. So again, I'm not saying we are computers, but I do think that we kind of operate like one. So, um, and we'll kind of talk about how it is, how our thought, our emotion, our action kind of operates as one. Um, and really what we're talking about is that input processing output. And again, I don't believe we are computers. I also, you know, I think that computers were based off of human consciousness, because if you want a, th- a machine that can process information, you're going to base it off of the biological being that processes information, which is human. So again, it's, you know, I think sometimes people jump into thing as like, oh, we're all computers or we're living in an internet computer program. When you're like, really, actually, I think computer programs were probably just based off of this universal creation, which is right. a program, right? And that's just like, if they're going to mimic a program, you know, why not use the ultimate program, which is consciousness, you know? So that's when you, anytime you see correlations to technology, realize that the correlation is probably based off of the universal principle and the universal principle is not probably based off of the invention, you know? And that's just kind of a way we kind of want to look at it. But again, we're going to talk about how this brain acts like a biological computer. Um, And um, so again, we're really looking at this input processing output. So again, this input is that think, that grammar stage. Um, And really what this input is, is going to be, it's like, it's the defining of objects and information perceived by the five senses. Okay. This really helps establish that, that law of identity to tell one thing from another thing, okay. To be able to be like, this is a square, this is a circle, right? This is why in elementary school, we're not supposed to be teaching multiplication to kids in first grade like your grammar school is supposed to just be about you collecting as much information as you possibly can from a variety of sources so this is why people send their kids to montessori schools because montessori schools was just really the first step of classical education because you want you just let the child almost become their own teacher and use that intuitive creativity and that intuitive drive to learn from the children and use that for their full expression you know so they they're kind of creating their own curriculum and it's more of a just a parameter of discovery right. rather than like guided lessons you know what yeah. i mean it's like the inverting of the symbols they're 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 flipping things over it's the art of like trying to like decipher what these things the meaning of these things yeah. right? like what this is and right. right and it's like more of a hands-on approach you're really using those five senses and again the five senses are the guide to using the trivium okay and this is the trivium is really what's going to do is how you using the trivium and learning the trivium is how you take your five senses so you can construct this five cent construct to be more aligned to truth and to natural law and reality, right? So that whole grammar stage is just about collecting information. So again, it's the defining of objects um, and information that's perceived by these five senses, this law of identity to tell one thing from another thing, to tell myself from others, right? So where we have the five senses, like sight, hear, touch, the computer has inputs or devices, um, but its input devices are going to be things such as like the keyboard, the mouse, a scanner, like an external hard drive. Um, the internet could actually be an input um, device because because we can take in information from the inter- in internet and input it into our computer, right? So again, the keyboard, the mouse, the scanner, and the external hard drive, this is all ways to put information into the computer, right? This is how you input information. So this is, that's like the replica of our five senses. This is how we put information into us is through our five senses, right? Um, 
And it, again, it's that the taking of all that available information. Um, it's that input of information and that input of information from a wide and variety of sources. Okay. Um, and we're always taking in information constantly. We know this from the episode when we did Mercury, right? We are naturally curious. Um, and what everything's going to do is it's going to take all that information. So what that information is in that grammar stage, what we're doing in that processing state, then that input stage is, you know, we're, we're coming up with the who, the what, the where, and the when. We are just collecting information, right? Um, non-biasedly, okay? We are just collecting all the resources we possibly can, okay? And then um, this information is all stored in our memory, Okay, so that's kind of like the hard drive of the computer, right? So everything we're taking in, every experience we see is actually going into our memory. If you can actually consciously recall that memory, that's a different story. But everything that you take in with your five senses is going into that gray matter. It kind of depends if you can actually create the electromagnetic energy to recall that memory. That's a different story, right? But you actually record everything that you go through, you know, and it's just whether you can actually create that energy to recall that information. But um, but again, everything, those, these five senses are just always taking information. So this is that grammar stage of taking information. So when you're trying to solve a problem, taking in a wider way of information about what that problem could be is going to be give you the best, you know, raw data for you to kind of understand that information. So um, so again, this um, that's going to be kind of that first stage. So that's that grammar stage. So that logic stage, or or you know, as I think, so I feel, and this processing stage, just like you process your emotions. This is that Tin Man. This is a really important stage because the computer and the individual has to be able to process the information that they're receiving from their five senses. Um, so you need to be a you need to be good, and you need to have accurate processing powers. Um, so your computer is only as good as your processor and your consciousness is only going to be as good as your processor. So most of us have damaged processors and this is going to be from this poor education, from this public school, you know, um, outcome-based education, the mind control, the lack of that moral and ethical code we were talking about, the the poor nutrition with the genetic foods, the fluoride, our worldview yep. can kind of help poison that aspect as well. Um so this poison damages our ability to process information correctly. So this is, again, is that junk goes in and only junk can come out, especially then not that's all you can process. So the input takes in all the information, acquires the who, what, when, and the where. Um, it gives us that raw data set. So it um, gathers, again, that input stage is all about gathering data from a large array of sources and then, you know, storing it without judgment, um, but this is that collecting phase. So this processing phase we're talking about here, this logic phase, is this is um, one of the hardest steps because there's so much information, but this is really going to kind of be broken down into three kind of levels within itself. You're going to have the filtration, you're going to have the correlation, and then you're going to have the analyzation of the data. So that first step is you're going to filter out the information. You're going to filter out disinformation. You're going to filter out logical fallacies. You're going to fi- you're going to figure out like emotional appeals. You're just going to kind of go through that process of like I know this is not correct, right? right. So so now you're taking in all that information. You are unbiased. Now you're going to start filtering in what does not align the truth, right? Um, so this almost works as like that antivirus. So this makes sure that when the gathering process, uh, we don't take in a virus. 
So, and this is a huge test because there's so much false information and so much of that information out there will actually make us sick if we take it in as mental food. Okay, so again, it's like the filtering of dirty water. It's filtering out the impurities, filtering out that garbage, those garbage philosophies like solipsism, narcissism, slavery, you know, all these destructive ideas. Um, And it really just kind of works to kind of clean out the system. So again, it's like that antivirus. So we took in all that information, we're kind of just filtering out. Um, And then it's going to kind of go through that stage of correlation. So this is going to be how we group information together, how we perceive the connection between the raw data and and what we gathered. So this is how we kind of create concepts, going through the data and identifying um, how it is of relevance and how it connects to what we are trying to get to or to try to understand. So that's really going to be that data analysis. And then that logic phase through this process of correlating, through this process of filtering out, and through this process of actually analyzing this data, we're going to be able to produce the why. And that's going to be so important because the why, that's the... In, that's the aspect that shifts the power of consciousness to the individual. Um, this 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 starts to answer the question of you know why are things the way they are? You know, in the realm of causality, this is how we become the creator because problems are identified, addressed, and solved from that causal plane. Right? We always talk about how you can't solve plane, you can't solve a problem after it's manifested. Right? Right? You know, you have to solve a problem in the causality. It's if not, you're just Playing with band-aids. Playing with band-aids. <laughs> so, um, so wait, would you say that like the, the logic um, after explaining all that, as you did, is just the art of thinking, right? I mean, it's just the how is just sort of processing it all and being like, okay, this is how I'm thinking about this. And then logic would be, or sorry, and then the rhetoric would be the communicating of that. Is that is that correct? So, like, yeah, so the, like, okay, the thought is, is going to be just a collection. So it's, right. it's a collection of all that raw data. And then the, the second phase, that logic phase, that's going to be filtering out and that's going to be actually making concept and collecting, connecting those ideas. Okay, connecting concepts together, making subjects, being able to see overarching themes. Right. Right. So this is really the connecting of the dots. So again, if you um, imagine almost like, you collect almost like 50 dots in that that grammar stage, right? And then you take that into the logic stage and you start filtering out the dots that are um, mental poison, right? So you kind of move those out of the way. And then from the dots that are remaining, now you're going to start grouping them in the likeness and what's what correlates those together. Right. So you're starting to make connections between the two. So, so again, this is where you're going to kind of be able to actually perceive the causal aspect. So again, if that first stage is just the, you know, the what, when, what, uh, what when, how, like um, where, and like, I don't how know. Why, exactly. Yeah. So that second phase is going to be the why. Right. So the second phase is the why, and that's why is this happening? And you're going to be able to look at all this data that you collected, and that's going to be able to give you the understanding of why. You actually had to collect this data, you had to organize it, you had to filter out what wasn't right, and then you had to analyze that data. So it's, again, it's that kind of internal processing of it. And this is why processing is so important. you know. And then again, this is why even when you're building a computer, this is why the formatting of a computer is so important. You can have the most expensive processor in the world, but if you don't format your computer correctly, it's not going to go out to the same processing mm. power. So again, this is why they the formative years are so important. And this is why they need both parents working. So they're like, oh, you both work and don't worry about it. Just, just send them to daycare. Let us really kind of format this hard drive. Because again, these formative years should be spent with 
loved ones with family who are just teaching them about care, teaching them about grace, teaching them, you know, starting with that education aspect of collecting information, you know, and making that process going and continuing that when they kind of come home from school, because it was a, the education of a child wasn't just based on the teachers back then. It was a community thing, you know, because if we have children that are going to grow up and not be sovereign and adults, we're going to have problems. So we're going to be proactive on this, you know? So again, it was this communal thing to raise a child and to create this consciousness that they kind of came from. But yeah, so that's exactly what we're going to kind of see is, um, you know, the why, because that why is the understanding. And this is where you can really kind of see where power lies, you know? So this is, again, we've kind of covered the input and the uh, and the processing, right. right? So now when we're talking about the output, and this is that rhetoric, rhetoric this is that wisdom, um, this is how we almost take the information and we can spread that information. So speech and a- so speech and action that is based upon the knowledge that one gathered and also understands. This is rhetoric. This is speech and action that is based on the knowledge that one has gathered and also understands. So when we act through wisdom, wisdom is action that's based on knowledge that we actually can understood and organize that knowledge to be able to act correctly, to be right. able to speak correctly. This is how we actually speak the truth is by going through this trivium process. So so again, you collected the raw data. You have an accurate understanding of that data set. You understand what it means and its purpose. So now you can actually speak and act in accordance to that information. So this is how we actually sped, spread and propagate true knowledge and understanding. And it's actually like a feedback loop. So when you speak truth into existence, you're putting information back into that feedback loop. So when we actually speak about truth, when you have these conversations with your friends, when you have these conversations with your loved ones, you are putting it back into consciousness and it's picking up that feedback loop. And the more you speak about this, the more conversations you have, the more that energy fills up that feedback loop. Right. And then natural law, again, starts to become common sense. Because again, we don't have any common sense anymore because nobody speaks the truth. So we lost that aspect. We lost that ability. You know, what's the stuff that's getting back in that feedback loop? We're, we're talking about celebrities. We're talking about, you know, whatever we're talking or about. sports team. Sports team. Thing, that's sports whatever. ball. Like what, you know. You, who made the hoop? It's like, who cares? You know what I mean? But but that's what's in the feedback loop and that's what's in consciousness and that's what's driving it. So again, we have that low vibrational feedback loop when we should be speaking this into truth. We should be speaking truth into existence. It's the most powerful thing you can do is using that rhetoric and actually using that courage to speak truth into existence. And one thing I really wanted to stress about is um, they have fooled you into thinking that the path of least resistance is good for you because that's something that they'll take away from you is if, if you find out that it does take a little bit of effort, you know, with a little bit of push, you get a lot and you will get a lot. You will be rewarded for the work you do. But if you're not taught that and then that is ever presented to you again, it's too late. A lot of people will find, um, I find it to be like, well, that's not the path of least resistance. Therefore, mm-hmm. why would I express my true potential? But they, they don't make you see it that way. If they were to tell you that, like we're making you, a little bit, uh, a little lower under that belt. We're putting you under that line. You would be, you'd be up in arms. You'd be like, well, you're telling me there's more to life than what's, you know, what you've corralled me with, but they make you believe that all that they've corralled you with is what's keeping you safe from all that can harm you outside of that. And that's a complete lie. And that's when we ever, you know, talk about, 
uh, they or social engineering. And that's kind of what I always think of because it's, it's a product of our, of, uh, of our upbringing and, and, and a lot of our society sees things that way. And, and it's hard, you know, because as more are not taught and more are taught to think of that as an abnormality to, to, and, and to think that the path of least resistance is the easiest way. Those who challenge that are the anomaly or become the convicted ones, you know, because they're, they're the ones trying to show you like, no, there's way more beyond that. And they're like, oh, we have a traitor here. Like we have someone who's telling me there's something beyond that, that border, that boundary, that line that's been, um, you know, uh, placed across the sand and you're, you're quickly taught how to, how to, um, find who those people are and make them feel strange for wanting to know more or see beyond those parameters. And it's really rough. I mean, uh, and I don't want to, you know, cut you off, but like, I just remember like, uh, personally speaking, one of the worst things I did to myself in my life was to buy into that. And I bought into that very simply. Like I said, I was not academically astute, but what I did have was an abundance of curiosity and I love experiences and experiences, how I learn. And when I came back to my uh, last year of middle school education, that's when I realized how the show was ran because Again, just to make a quick comparison, if I'm being taught something in another academic institute, in this case, it was a Catholic institute that does show me more of my potential than this public school I went to, which is where I met you again. Um, I found that the teachers, it wasn't so much like the friends or the people that I met were some kind of like vicious crowd or somehow thinking a lower vibration. But one thing that I thought was really interesting, this is the only contrast I saw is my teachers were like, it's okay to be lazy versus the teachers I had in uh this was in mexico in catholic school we're like no there's no there's no way out of this unless you try like there is no uh there's only doing there is no no trying and here in the states in a public school i learned very quickly that all your adults and all the people that um you thought you could trust are just like oh if that's too hard it's okay and really just harmed my entire being you know and i i knew that luckily i I caught that and I, I ended up having to shift that not till college because it wasn't until I was getting into college and I'm like, no, I want a better life for myself. I know what I what I want to do and how I want to express my potential. Uh, the tools were never taken from me. They were just told, you don't need them, mm-hmm. you know? And yeah. so so you can see it very clearly sometimes. And again, to, to the rest of the people out there who are in public schools and, and are teachers in public schools, like, you know, my mom was a public school teacher. So it's not like I'm putting that down. I'm just saying like the system that you're taught, um, you know, really robs a lot of, of the potential of the individual, not because you're trying to, but because you're making them believe like it's okay to just half-ass it, pardon my French, but it's just, it's not okay. You know, like I wish someone would tell me like, hey, like there's there's more beyond this. And the trivium, in my opinion, taught at a young age will ensure that you kind of question those moments in time where you're like, no, like tell me actually right. that it's hard so I can prove you wrong. Don't right. be like, oh, it's fine because right. the rest of your experience on this earth will be met with a lot of conflict and a lot of... uh you know, just uh, moments missed that you could have actually conquered yourself, but you're like, no, I was told yeah. I couldn't go up that high or past that line. And, right. and so, anyways. or why even do that? Or why, why would you, the, that's, the, that's really more, it's it. It's not so much that anyone ever put it in me to say you can't, it was just like, well, why would you yeah. come yeah. on? And yeah. you're just like, oh yeah, that sounds easy. 
You know, yeah, yeah. Um, no good. Public school teachers always want to tell you that the ceiling. They're like, "Oh, the ceiling has the same feeling that the floor has." Just take my word for it. And you're like, "Really? Yeah. Are you sure? Okay. You know." And it's again, it's that stunted it. growth, man. And it's it's that aspect of just not even, you know, allowing that laziness, uh, almost promoting that. Um, I can't even think of the. The word, the docileness that almost creates for it, you know. But did you, did you got something more? No, that oh, was okay. it. No, yeah. I mean, again, you're a teacher and you're an educator, so you've you've seen it. And 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 actually, again, my hats off to people like yourself. Here we are talking about this, and you are in education, and there are teachers who know that, and they'll find really intelligent ways to show you a different path that leads to the same result. And those are my favorite teachers. You'll never forget your favorite yeah. teacher. You never forget your favorite teacher because that was someone who truly knew how to say, "Oh, you know what." This doesn't align with the way you're you're wired, but I still know that you have an abundance of potential. Let's find a different path that leads to that same result, and that's that changes everything. So right. as soon as you meet someone who does that for you, like be thankful. You know, I'm thankful for everyone who did make me uh, believe in myself, and that's where it starts. It's just like, hey, mate, it, it's not so much like, oh, it's fine. Why would you? Like, you know, we'll pass you anyways, and it's like that just doesn't do anybody any, any good. good. Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely, man. Yeah, no, again, the the only way we're going to fix the um the education system in this in this country or in this world is if we go back to this trivium. It's it's just so apparent, you know, again, and you know, we're going to go really in depth about this. This is really just an introduction and we would love to do like classes where we really break it down and really kind of think about how we make this applicable. But again, it's that thought, emotion, action, that grammar, logic, rhetoric, or that input, processing, output. You know, this is where, when we were talking about the Trinity earlier, this is the father, which is the thought, the mother, which is the emotion, and then the son, which is the creation. Right. What you do in the son of day, right? As your thoughts and your emotions come together, what do you create? Okay. This is the virgin birth. This is our creation. It's it's the correlation. It's what we the information we input, how we process, and what we output. That is the virgin birth. And that is what that whole creation's about. And it's again, it's the three modes of our consciousness and why we go through the flow of that consciousness. I had a question, because I know you're a well-read individual, but it just came to me right now. So before I ask you about the quadrivium, um, can we go into the idea of the Count of Monte Cristo? Because isn't that would you say that in the scene, if you haven't read the Count of Monte Cristo, I don't want to give too much away, but there is a way that in the story our protagonist learns how to think again of the world and at least like come out as someone oh, of a higher level oh, of yeah. consciousness. And wouldn't you say the priest kind of taught him most of these steps while they were in prison together? Is this correct? Or oh, for sure. No, something? he's a full-on alchemist. Right, yeah, right. man. Oh, the Count of Monte Cristo is one of the greatest book. stories of the hero's journey. But again, you have the pure transformation of the individual to becoming his highest self. Right. And again, we see the character just shining through and all of a sudden, you know, Dante at the end, like you just like, he he's just so charismatic, but he, he carries himself well so well. It's because he's so aligned to that thought, emotion, and his action. So what we have there is that mentor took him through enlightenment. So we don't really see the enlightenment, you know, because it's more through that process and the work is of them like trying to escape the prison and everything. But really we see the outcome of that and we see the creation of a new individual. And it's, 
It's exactly what the state almost that you were working for. And you, you see that when like you go through it, you feel a little bit different when you kind of go to a new octave, your friends feel a little different. Like when you see them and they're on a new octave, it's like refreshing. And it's, again, it all comes down to our thoughts, you know, cause he was the same guy from that beginning of the story to the end, but he was different because his consciousness was of a higher, a higher state and he was still climbing that ladder, you know, and he was doing what he needed to do, but as he thought, so he felt, right. and so he acted in perfect accordance, going with the flow of consciousness and being fully expressive, which is so important. So yeah, that's a great example. Yeah, I, I was thinking about the, because I know, and I want you to define the quadrivium as the final step, but I just remember in that, in that series, in the book, in the story, that becomes like the later process. Like in the beginning, you know, he's, he's so, and again, I don't want to give too much away, but please read the book if you haven't, or watch the movie. Um, but, uh, you know, as, as most stories, you know, he's, he's got, like you said, the hero's journey, he's got his reasons and, and there's this whole step, but towards the end, they get into all the other aspects that make him just even more superb, which are, you know, your arithmetics and mm-hmm. your, you know, the, the ability to, um, break down the arts, you know, and like really he became understand. a Renaissance man. Yeah. Renaissance yeah. He, man. In the beginning, he was just a sailor, right? And right. then he becomes a Renaissance man, a fully learned individual, somebody who totally activated that brain. So you can start taking on all this information because you see the correlation between information. You know, and that's one of those things that this unique, this alchemical esoteric subject brings you is you learn about this information and then you go back and maybe you start learning a musical instrument, but you're seeing it from such a higher perspective that you're making drastic changes than maybe when you were not so much seeing the patterns and how it relates to reality and consciousness. So you you almost have this like urge to kind of learn more right. and experience it more and partake in that aspect, in that unfoldment of that pattern. Um, but yeah, I think that's that's such a great episode. I mean, such a great um, story. And again, the book is great, but if you're going to watch the movie, watch the movie from the late 1930s. It's in black and white, but it's, it's free online. I know dailymotion.com has it. The The sound is a little messed up in the first 15 minutes, but if you can make it first to 15, 15 minutes, nice. it's, my, it's my favorite movie. Like uh, Between that and The Wizard of Oz, it's such a beautiful movie. Such the story of what true revenge is and how you do it through a different aspect. And again, he was able to almost forgive as well, but we have a great story that kind of comes up there. So I love that you brought up that movie. That just made cool, me man. smile. Yeah, <laughs> That's awesome, man. I noticed, but like, I, I love that story and that's probably why we're such good friends, but yeah, that's, that's incredible. I just, as you were just talking about it, the way you do, I'm just like, Oh my gosh, like this is exactly that process, yeah. you know, and in such an elegant way, as far as like how you see it. And like you right. said, the best way to, to, to witness revenge, but anyways, back to get on track, um, go ahead. Yeah, okay. And you know what, too? The We're just going to kind of introduce the quadrivium um, because this is um, this is kind of works in conjunction with the trivium. So, again, the trivium is part of a, a larger threefold path, okay? Um, and actually, if you look at the Pythagorean right triangle, there's a three, there's a four, and a five. And what that represents is the three is going to represent the trivium, mm. the four is going to represent the quadrivium, and the five is going to represent our five senses. So this is kind of what correlates all these three things together, and this is how you create. And they would actually use that that triangle to make right angles, and it was like in the constructions of buildings, they very much used those, those ancient masons. Um so again, this quadrivium is going to work in conjunction with the trivium, which we spoke about today, and the five senses. And again, you know, three is this number of completion, and then we have three plus four, which is the four subjects of the quadrivium, and we get to the number seven, 
which again reminds us of those, those seven steps to the ladder of God, the seven musical notes, the seven days of the week. Again, pattern recognition. See how these patterns are repeating themselves. See what's making itself present again and why it kind of comes up. But what the quadrivium is going to be is that's going to be more of the quantification methods used in conjunction with the trivium. Okay, so this is the four roads and the four paths, and this really has to do with the science of measurement. So this is really the idea how numbers play such a huge role in the pattern and the relationships of our universe. So again, that pattern recognition is coming up. So this is the bridge between the trivium and the quadrivium is is pretty much the five senses. Um, so these two methods help bring our five senses and our five cent reality into alignment with truth. Mm-hmm. Okay, this is what the liberal arts degree is about. It's just about being able to think, feel, and act and accordingly. And as yourself. So as I think, so I feel, so I act. And that's what proper consciousness is. You're not having any internal battles. You're not thinking one way, feeling one way, and acting a different. It's it's in accordance. It's in unison. They're walking together. They're skipping together, right? And um, the quadrivium is going to be broken up in the quadrivium, which is going to be those the last those last four parts of the seven liberal arts, these also have to be done in order. Okay, so it's just like the trivium has that very important order. The quadrivium as well is going to be, and that's going to be arithmetic. So this is going to give us more numbers as mm-hmm. like an abstract concept. Okay, um, abstract numbers, arithmetic, algebra, right? And then we move to geometry, and that's going to give us an understanding of numbers in space. So how numbers fill the space and how space is filled by this information, right? How that is constructed. So that first step of the quadrivium is going to be arithmetic. Second is geometry. The third is going to be music. And that's going to be the play of numbers in time and how numbers actually correspond to time and what happens when you put certain numbers in a certain space of time and what kind of vibration you get out of that. So again, this huge study of how these these subjects really define reality. And then the final one is going to be astronomy, and that's going to be numbers in space and time. Okay, so we're going to see the large body of geometry and the, the bigger aspects of consciousness. So again, it goes from the man to the universe, as above, so below, you know, as below, so above. And so we're really having that universal approach. And this, what this does is this, this consciousness and this, this liberal arts degree really just makes that sovereign individual, that individual that's not divided with themselves. Mm-hmm. You know, dividare is divided. And that means you, your thoughts and your feelings are not in accordance with your actions. And what we're trying to do with this trivium is to make sure our thoughts align with our feelings and they produce the action we want to print. And, and then you just keep that feedback loop going. Right. Um, but this is why it's so important to gain control of our thoughts and really, you know, reflect on, we want to be, you know, positive about our thoughts that come through when a negative thought comes through, how we almost banish it. And we're almost, you know, the, the, um, the emperor, um, no, the chariot, I'm sorry, the tarot card, the chariot is so great because sometimes it has two dogs that are standing by side. Sometimes it's two horses, but sometimes it's two dogs. And those represent the the watchdogs of your mind and how they work to not take in those negative thoughts, not to take in those depressive thoughts, not to take in those jealous thoughts and to be able to shield them out so they never even have to go through that inputting process. You know, So again, we gather this information, we process it, we organize it, we filter it, and then we push it back out when we have a good understanding of what we collected. And that's what this is. So again, it's nothing new. This is this doesn't have to be complex um, when we start learning the basics because 
it's it's so simple. It's the input, it's the processing and the output, but it's such an important step. And you know, so many people only take in the information they want to hear, right. right? You know, so then like that's how why people are on this 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 broken feedback loop of like whatever political party they're in. It's because they're only listening to their own political media that's coming in. They only know how to process information from what their political party says and how it told them to process information. So then they just regurgitate what their dictator told them, right? So this is why they're always constantly been bombarded. Like the word dictator literally means like dick, like tation, like dictation, um, like speaking, and then tater, which is like all the time. So it's just like constantly talking. This is, they have dictatorships today. They have 24 seven talking. They are talking on these news. They are talking on social media. They're speaking all the time. So if you don't have the, um, if you're not getting array from a wide range of sources and you don't have that proper filtration and that proper anal- analysis, you're never going to be able to express yourself correctly. Mm-hmm. So it's so important, you know, to really look at all these aspects and always be looking at how do we improve them. But this is the roadmap for consciousness. This is the three-way path of truth. And this is how we align ourselves to truth. And again, in that logic phase, that's where we see the blossoming of the why. And that why is what empowers us. Like we have to figure out... We can, so many people can tell you who's, who these social engineers are, you know, what these social engineers are doing, and they can tell you when they've done the things they do, but few people really look at why are they doing it. And some people can't, like when you, and this is why some certain people can't even take in information and they, they cut you off before they even get to that logic phase. Like, you know, you start talking to people about like what's really going on behind the scenes um, and people are like, oh, I just don't, I just can't handle that. And you're like, no, you really don't have this, like you have to process this information. Like if this is true and there's evidence that comes to it, but people are like, nope, I'm not even going to put it through my filtration. I'm not even going to put it through my data analysis. Even though there's a bunch of data, I'm not even going to approach that information. And they just shut down. And there again, they just, they shut down that feedback loop and they shut down that ability to actually progress through that problem. Right. You know, but again, that importance of speaking truth into existence, um, acting through truth and really, you know, create that best character and being the Count of Monte Cristo. Yep. Right. <laughs> That's awesome, man. That's awesome. Well, the trivium, um, I, I hope that we can, as we've done this before, we can keep moving down, down the line as far as, you know, what we've spoke about before, bringing up into the present. But also one thing I really want to say is, you know, it's just Daniel and I, you know, so most of Everything you see, everything you hear is is produced by us. Daniel has a lot um, that he does, and we do this together, um, but but differently. And one of the things that we're really aiming towards is to, as Daniel was just saying earlier, is to make these lessons available. So we will end up doing um, sort of a, a Patreon, not sort of, we will do a Patreon account. And that, and that way, like the way we want to be able to, you know, aid in, in our community and also sort of, you know, really have a more... Um, I guess like a, not an intimate um, time with each individual who has inquiries, but, but sort of be more direct right. will be by these, these lessons that we'll put out um, via video where hopefully we'll have Daniel's, you know, handsome mug <laughs> right on video and do sort of a master class, but you yeah. know, um, and sort of introduce these, these topics. Um, and, and we're going to, you know, shape that as we go. Right. You know, we'll, yeah, we'll figure yeah. it out. Absolutely, man. And I think we're going to kind of just really try to expand the website to have a lot of different resources. Right. You know, we've got, um, we've, we're great friends with a master herbalist. So we would love to get some natural medicine and kind of like how you can learn you to herbs to heal. Um, I mean, it's just, I think it's just going to kind of become 
like more of a media outlet where we're going to kind of sure. do every kind of higher consciousness, even like when it comes to like, you know, videography, using it for consciousness expansion, you know, that would be a really great class. So we do want to create that community. We want to be able to create more content from you guys um, because we are bursting with information. And sometimes we want to go like deep down rabbit holes with you guys that, you know, some subjects might not be as important or might not be as interesting, but there might be one that is. So we really want to just start creating as much material as we can. And again, getting into the visual arts of it. Um, I mean, we you know we've, we kind of talk about all those different aspects and we really want to make that happen. So definitely be on the lookout. You know, it took us like what, like f- 10 weeks to finally get like t-shirts up, you know? So yeah. like, give us some time, but we're going to really try to make it happen because we really, um, we're just so blessed to have the community that we have. And I just think there's such a, an urge for this information to get out there and you know it would be great to be able to get into small group discussions you know mm-hmm. and just creating some sort of member bit page whatever it looks like um but we just kind of want to be able to continue this we want to we want to be able to be shooting you guys information on the daily whether it's you know a quick little video whether it's you know a quick little 20 minute conversation you know it could be a blog post but we just want to be able to get information constantly um, and then also just have a lot of fun doing it as well. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. One thing I'm very thankful for to all listeners is we're evolving with you. So it's just really just something so special. And um, yeah, I mean, just give us the patience because we will do. I don't think we'll try, but we will do. And as we do, you know, um, you'll see the mistakes come up. You'll see the changes. You'll see the evolution. But that's what I, I absolutely can't say enough good things about doing this with my great friend, uh, Daniel, is that the evolution continues and, and we're not going to stop anytime soon. So, you know, just, I, yeah. I like, I always say like all aboard, all aboard the truth train. But yeah. All aboard the truth train. Truth, so truth. Um, anyways, without being <laughs> said. <laughs> no, I love it, man. I love it. But, um, on that side note, you're the handsome one. Oh no, yeah. Well, I get, no. I get just, if people yeah. saw you, you, no, you, you no. gotta know Daniel, uh, no, Enough. don't don't listen Enough. to him. Until next time. <laughs> Until next time.